0: Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey, Chris, today's co-host, Michelle.
1: Hey there, let's do that hockey.
0: Heck yeah. And uh, you know us, we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes it, Michelle?
1: Been watching the NHL and trying to keep up with that as much as possible and could catch up more on hockey and what's going on in the NHL. And how about yourself, Chris?
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying the showcase stuff right now because uh, for you listeners, we're recording this on Friday, November 19th, I think it is. And uh, you listeners probably aren't hearing this until December 1st. I'm hoping your Thanksgivings were good. And I've I've enjoyed a lot of hockey uh, today because I don't normally get to watch as much hockey on a Friday. And there's been a few games for me just to sit down and enjoy. And the CHL is back in action Um, so again, you listeners probably already know the results at this point, so I won't get into that, but we're looking forward to the next round on December 7th, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, getting darker here. I'm getting used to it, but you know, it's, uh, we knew that was part of the gig coming to Denmark.
1: Yeah. like earlier it's getting darker here as well um like 4 30 it's pitch black outside so it's a little different than when where you're at it gets darker earlier there but uh here in colorado i absolutely love the winters like i love every season here as i mentioned we kind of have all four seasons but uh if i absolutely had to choose i think winter probably is my favorite just because i kind of associate it with hockey and like snow and all that so snow that may be weird i know that's not a very popular answer but that's the type of weather that i like and i'm just i'm a big fan of like pretty much any precipitation except like hail or anything like that
0: yeah i think uh i'm with you there winter is by far my favorite season and, and with you there it's like it reminds me of all the holiday things happening during the that time of year i like the cold i got thick blood so i really like the cold way more than i like the heat and uh yeah hockey and all that stuff so okay second favorite season what is it
1: oh gosh if I had to choose probably summer, to be honest, just, oh. it's nice being out of school at that time. Oh. Yeah. I enjoy swimming and activities like that. And I don't know, just some of the like 4th of July and the outdoor activities that you get to do here. Um, That's really fun to celebrate. I enjoy that. And like backyard games, like spike ball or cornhole and uh, cross net and things like that, just getting to spend time with your family and friends and like outdoor barbecues. It's always nice to do that. And I think mm-hmm. like, yeah, all the green, and it's like farming season, and I live on a farm, so it's uh, always nice to just get back into farming season and see all the pretty green and uh, blue of the sky and all that.
0: I like the summer. I would say the summer's probably my, I don't know, autumn's my second, and I think spring and summer just kind of fight over. Depends where I'm at. <laughs> I like the leaves falling. I like the colors. It's starting to get cooler. I think it's just that I don't like the heat. I think that's, you know. I know someone's going to respond to this this podcast and go, if you don't like the heat, get out of the kitchen. But I'm like, yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, I really don't like the heat. <laughs> you know, it's just not my thing. But yeah, in this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the 2011 NHL entry draft. And you and I did a little bit of research on our own, and we've rebuilt with what we know now. What would we do differently in terms of the... The the 2011 entry draft top 10, who should teams actually go after? Did teams make the right selection. And yeah, this is, this is a fun one. This is what, you know, geeking out on hockey stuff. I sat there and I looked through the entire seven rounds and I'm like, all right, who would I pick differently now? How would I pick it? Ten years of good hindsight right there uh, makes it sound a lot smarter, I suppose. But yeah, I'm excited to get into this one. So uh, I'd say let's jump into it. What do you think?
1: I think that sounds great. I'm excited to get started.
0: Me too. All right. So before we do this, we're going to tell everyone how the NHL draft in 2011 unfolded. At number 10, Minnesota selected Jonas Burdine. At number nine, Boston selected Doogie Hamilton. At number eight, Philadelphia selected Sean Coutier. At number seven, Winnipeg selected Mark Scheifele. At number six, Ottawa selected Mika Zibanejad. At number five, New York Islanders selected Ryan Strom. At number four, The New Jersey Devils selected Adam Larson. At number three, Florida selected Jonathan Huberdeau. At number two, Colorado selected Gabriel Landeskog. And at number one, Edmonton selected Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So that is how the 2011 draft unfolded. Loved this draft. And I have to say, doing my homework on this draft, it was a pretty impressive draft class.
1: I would say the exact same thing. I was just about to say that uh, you got great talent like Sean Couturier, who now he's a stud for the Philadelphia Flyers. So just absolutely, I would agree with you completely that this was a great draft class.
0: It really was. So at number 10, if you were the Minnesota Wild, who would you now be drafting at number 10?
1: I think I'm going to get called crazy for this. And this is a very, very high uh, selection for a goaltender. But I would take goalie Jordan Bennington based on what we know now. And Jordan Bennington, he didn't even go in the first round in this draft 100%. But I mean, the guy, I don't know if you want to call him a game changer, but he has the potential to change games 100%. He's. 78, 36, and 18 all time, and he has a career goals against average of 2.46 and a 9.14 save percentage, so the man is just incredibly impressive, and I know being a Colorado Avalanche fan and having my team play against him, I know that he has the ability to change a game completely, and just he can be a brick wall at times. He's so
0: impressive. Michelle, I knew I liked you, because at number 10, how did this happen? I selected... Jordan Bennington (laughs) out of the OHL's Owen Sound attack. (laughs) uh, I'm with you on that. I think, you know, yes, kind of high for a goalie, and I'm probably going to get tacked later. Uh, But, yeah, I think Jordan Bennington was, I mean, yes, goalies are, they're hard to peg, especially when they're younger. I mean, he was definitely being scouted. You can look at the reports. He wasn't, no one was overlooking him. But, again, teams are tended to dislike goalies so high. But, uh, I mean, yeah, St. Louis snagged him with the 88th overall pick in the third round. And look at him now, $6 million, six-year deal. I think that they absolutely got a steal. And uh, Minnesota and what Minnesota now needs. I know at the time, Minnesota had Nicholas Backstrom, a Vezina contender. But Bactram was also a little bit older. And... With goalies, you want to kind of draft a little bit sooner and, and get them into your system and, and get them up. Imagine Minnesota right now, the threat Minnesota had been just even years ago with the team they had built if they had strong goaltending.
1: Oh, certainly. No doubt about that. They had Zach Parisi. They had uh, players like uh, um, Eric Stahl and uh, Miko Koivu at the time. So just that was before they kind of got older. That was just a really strong core just right there for you. And then a great defenseman and Ryan Souter. So with a goaltending like that, they definitely could have been cup contenders for the 2011-2012 season.
0: 100 percent i mean minnesota might have been the ones raising the cup instead of st louis with goaltending like bennington because honestly nobody was picking well it's the only i can't say no one was picking but it's the only, it's the only one i've ever picked in the uh the nhl's the playoffs the, the playoffs thing every year where you basically go and you pick your teams and who's going to win how many goals are going to be scored and that you know st louis is the only team i've ever gotten right so i can't say no one was selecting them but they came on fire at the end of that season and a lot of it was on the heels of bennington so yeah, I'm with you. Number 10, Jordan Bennington. All right, number nine.
1: Okay, and this is kind of a crazy selection as well. I don't want to say I'm going solely based off of playoff performance, but it is a big portion of my decision is because of his playoff performance, and that would be Brandon sod And He's accomplished so much. He has three Stanley Cups under his belt. His last year with the Avs, I feel watching him, he was one of the few players that really put up goals consistently against in that series against the Vegas Golden Knights uh, each game almost. And he just did such a great job. So he has the experience. He's been to the Stanley Cup. He's won it before. And I think Brandon Saad, he is definitely a threat and just a player for postseason reasons that you would want on your team.
0: No, I couldn't agree with you more on that. His name definitely came across my list at multiple times. Uh, he didn't make my top 10, but you'll definitely hear his name later in the podcast. For me, at number nine, Boston Selects, out of V.I.K. Västers H.K., or Hockey Club, out of the Swedish junior system, Swedish forward William Carlson. He went 53rd overall to Anaheim, and then everyone knows later on picked up during the entry draft for the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but... Wow. I mean, what he's been able to pull off in that 43-goal season as well, I think he had one of those. I mean, he can light it up, and he's become one of the main threats on the Golden Knights and honestly one of the faces of that franchise, and that could have all been Boston's. Boston fans, you hear that? He could, And honestly, I think he would have fit in really well with the Boston system. With the numbers he puts up, with kind of the personality he has and just his skill set— Oh, I'm thankful that he's not with Boston because I really can't stand Boston. But what a threat he would have been with the Bruins.
1: I'm not the biggest Bruins fan either, but I don't absolutely hate them. I can tell you as of right now, I absolutely hate the Vegas Golden Knights. And William Carlson is definitely <laughs> a very creating player to play against. And I noticed that in the second round of the Stanley Cup finals last year when the Colorado Avalanche faced them. he just Pretty much all of Vegas, they're all good physical players, and they really like to get under their opponent's skin. And that in playoff, that's playoff hockey. That's where sometimes the Colorado Avalanche lack that physical play a little bit. And that's kind of where one of the aspects of Vegas beat them in. Uh, I don't want to say that Vegas beat them in too many aspects. I think Colorado kind of, uh, they were down on themselves in that series just a little bit. But nonetheless, Vegas did play a great series against them in William Carlson was a huge part of that and stands the reason that Vegas took them, like you said, in the expansion draft. So uh, William Carlson, he's definitely a good choice.
0: Yeah, he, I think he was a he was a good choice. And obviously Brandon Saad, um, again, you'll hear his name later in the podcast. He was one of the first names I thought of in this, and as I rehashed my list, he fell out of the top ten. But, eh, again, we'll hear him later in the podcast. Who do you have at number eight? Who does Philly select?
1: I have the Philadelphia Flyers. Staying right where they are I'm taking Sean Couturier to be honest and 706 games played 179 goals 277 assists may be weird but I just think he's one of the players that really makes that franchise and just it's always fun to watch him play he's really impressive and I just think that's a great choice and he's like I said one of the staple players for Philly
0: yeah, I, I can't really argue with that. Now, I did go a different direction. But uh, again, his name will pop up later in the podcast <laughs> and uh, and reasons on more certain guys finished where they did. But this time around, I have the Philadelphia Flyers selecting out of the QMJHL's St. John Sea Dogs Canadian defenseman Jonathan Huberdeau. Yes, he went third overall in this draft. I think that was a little bit high. Yeah, then maybe he should have gone, but he's still an amazing defenseman and i think he's only getting better still even at 28 whatever he is right now 27 28 29 years old i think he's still getting better and i still think his best years are ahead of him but third overall a little bit high at this point but he's still a top 10 draft pick in my opinion and what does he get now like 5.9 million for two more years i would love to have him on on the buffalo sabers uh, i think he's just a stud of a defenseman but uh little overpriced at this point in terms of a third overall pick.
1: Yeah. I don't know about that. We'll get, we'll definitely get more into that because uh, his name comes up. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, his name does come up a little bit, a little bit okay. sooner than you had him, but um, won't give too much away. We'll get into that as I mentioned, but I think Jonathan Huberto, he has just done so much for Florida and with Alexander Markov out. He's definitely going to have to step up and just be the player that I know he yep. can be. And like I said, we'll get into more of that later, but Definitely a top 10 draft pick for sure.
0: Oh, 100%. So, who do you have Winnipeg selecting at number seven?
1: I have Winnipeg taking defenseman Dougie Hamilton. I just think, I think Dougie, he's just an awesome defenseman. Played with Carolina last year. He's now with New Jersey. He's both a good offensive defenseman, but I feel he could still play both sides of the puck and just a great 200-foot player. Big guy, too. He's 6'6", 229 pounds, and does an awesome job on the power play. Uh, he's had four power play points in 12 games this season so far. So I think he's killing it on the power play, and special teams are really important to me. I know five-on-five five play is my favorite, but do have soft spot for both the penalty kill and power play. So I think he's a great addition to the New Jersey Devils, and I just think overall, like I mentioned, he's a great defenseman
0: yeah, I agree with you there. And his name's gonna come up later in the podcast for me as well. I'm surprised how much he's bounced between teams so far in his young career. Like he hasn't spent more than three seasons with any one team yet. yet he's still being paid nine million a year. So kind of a shocker. But for me, I have Winnipeg selecting. Out of the OHL's Barry Colts, Canadian forward, Mark Shifley. Exactly who they went with anyway. I think this is the perfect selection for Winnipeg at the time. I think he met exactly where he should have been in the draft. I think they grabbed the perfect player for them. Now, minus the horrific hit on Evans during the playoffs where he tried to kill a guy, which I still think he should have received a much, much (laughs) deeper suspension than he received. That play doesn't dictate what I think of his play previously. Uh, I think it was a really stupid play. But there's a whole episode about that for you listeners. You can go back and hear our Montreal Canadiens friend literally go off on a storm after that hit. Reach back. It's probably whenever the playoffs were like July or some time frame. It should be a Montreal Canadiens ranting episode. Go ahead and listen to it. But Mark Shifley is a really skilled player, really talented player, generally very smart outside of that incident. And uh, I think he was a perfect selection at number seven for Winnipeg.
1: This is definitely a hot topic for sure because I not gonna I didn't think it was 100% with a dirt that he had. I think he was trying to I remember it was an empty nutter he was trying to prevent I believe it was and yeah it was definitely forceful but what he said afterwards and Mark Shifley just being the person that he was I don't think his intentions were to injure him the way that he did but like you said it still was pretty horrific and but I love Mark Shifley I think he is just a great player. It, both on and off the ice great in the locker room he really brings that energy to the team and stands a reason he's an alternate captain and just love the guy I think he's got a great personality off the ice as well a uh, funny guy don't if I'm not mistaken I don't believe he swears on the ice which is pretty uncommon for a hockey player but pretty awesome to be honest
0: yeah and I, I'd always saw seen I think he had like a social media post with his dog like just before that hit or something and I remember that game and I just remember he was just he was playing angry. He had he was just angry the whole game, and you could tell because it wasn't typical Shifley. And I still don't buy his statement that he was trying to just go for the empty net. The empty net had clearly been buried. He was just that was an anger hit, and unfortunately, like I said, it really hurt Evans. But I think he should got a deeper suspension first, especially for such a smart hockey player. There's a lot of I'm sorry. There's a few dumb ones. No, there's a bunch of dumb ones in the National Hockey League where sometimes you wonder where their heads at. Shifley's not one of them. I think he's a really intelligent hockey player, a high hockey IQ, and that just didn't make sense. But nothing he did that game really did. He just, he was playing with a massive chip on his shoulder and it was just too bad. But that's a <laughs> different podcast, different time. Who do you have Ottawa selecting at number six?
1: Ottawa at number six, I have Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau from Calgary. Um, plays with Calgary now anyways. So he's had 19 points in 17 games so far this season. And the guy, he's just got a great hockey IQ, He knows how to find the back of the net, and he's definitely in the top 10 for me. Like I mentioned, he's just a really smart player, a young guy still. I don't think he's quite seen his prime just yet. I still think there's plenty of Johnny Hockey to improve, but... Overall, just a great player. 537 games played in the NHL with 176 goals and uh, 337 assists. So, just an impressive player overall. Uh, once again, Colorado Avalanche faced them in the first round back in the 2018 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. And he was definitely challenging to play against. And uh, that Calgary Flames team, they've got some talent on there. So, I think Johnny Gaudreau, who I don't even believe went in the first round in no, 2011. He didn't.
0: No, he was, I think is a fourth yeah, round so. pick because his name will come up later for me. So I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. So,
1: yep, that's that's who I've got Ottawa taken.
0: No, I think that's a great selection, and I bet you Ottawa wishes they would have. I have Ottawa selecting out of the WHL's Red Deer Rebels, Canadian forward, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yes, he went first overall in this draft. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that at this point anymore. I think on my list he falls to six. He's still a top ten player. I definitely believe he took a lower contract to stay with Edmonton. I don't think he's really ever developed into the player Edmonton was hoping for, but I also kind of blame that on Edmonton. Edmonton got way too many first picks, NHL. And I don't I don't think that was uh, – I think that was the NHL definitely. Uh, my own opinion, that's it. I think something was rigged there. I just think there's no way this team consistently picked it. It's like they're trying to go back to the glory days of Gretzky and Messier. And trying to rebuild this franchise by giving them everything they could and yeah I think that's why people started complaining about a little bit more uh transparency in that draft process because I I think there's a I think we have a whole podcast about that too about different things they could do to actually make sure because even the way they do it now it could still easily be shifted and how the Rangers ended up with that I think it's there's some still big questions with the NHL draft there and the Oilers getting guys like Hopkins and God, they got everybody. They had Hall. They had Yakupov. I, I just think that i he's a great player, Six overall. I mean, I'd love to have him on my team. He's just not what you'd expect at this point from a number one overall pick. I think that's a big part to do with Edmonton and the way they have their system built. I think in another franchise like Ottawa, I think you would have seen a much more powerful Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
1: Yeah. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he is a great player, but like you said, it's kind of hard for him to shine when he's on that top line with McDavid and Drysidle. Those are the two stars right there, and anybody else who is with them, they are just a facilitator to help make plays happen. McDavid and Drysidle will get you the puck. Your job is to not screw it up and just find the back of the net because they make plays like that. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I like I said, I think he still is an impressive player, like you said, maybe with a different team. Like something like Ottawa, he might have shined a little more. But overall, I think he's a good player. But unfortunately, he did not make my top 10 list, to be honest, which is strange. Because as you mentioned, he went... It's it's surprising, for sure. (laughs) But I just... The way he plays right now, and as I mentioned... I think he's more of like a facilitator. So I would like to see him with different like players other than McDavid and Dreisaitl to see really what kind of player he is. And if uh, it's just McDavid and Dreisaitl making all the plays and that's where he gets his points from, or if it is him on his, uh, if he's a great individual player. So that'd be my take on that.
0: I looked at him and I really, I did at one point think, do do I even put him in the top 10? But then looking at what he's accomplished and how he plays, I I couldn't keep him in the top five. But when I was repanning everything out, I'm like, no, I'd still select this guy over this guy, this guy over this guy. And yeah, so he still ended up in my top six. Now we're going to move on to the top five. Who do you have the New York Islanders selecting? I
1: have the New York alternate captain of Winnipeg. And we were talking about him a little earlier and I mentioned, I think he is an awesome leader despite that hit that he had on Evans in the playoffs. Like you like we were talking about, that was just, I feel that's one incident in a million that Mark Shifley has done. He's typically a clean player. I do remember uh, back in the 2019, 2020 season, he kind of took out Pavel Francisosa in goal for the Colorado avalanche, but that was, an accidental play, just kind of plowed into him, though. But Mark Scheifele, typically just a very wise player. As I mentioned, he's an awesome leader, cool guy, both on and off the ice. Puts up impressive numbers, too, 512 points in 584 career games played. Not always the biggest point producer, though. He does put up impressive numbers, like I said. But the energy he brings to a team is just absolutely awesome. And that's why I would want him on my team. And uh, I have him in my top five.
0: I think it would have worked out well on the island. Yeah. I think he would have worked yeah. out really well.
1: I'd agree with that, especially yeah. players like Matthew Barzell and Anders Lee and all of them.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think he would have fit in well with that that type of core system, especially the way they're building the system now. Uh, it might have been a little bit rough go for him back then, but it wasn't exactly easy in Winnipeg at that time either, and he still developed into the player he is. I think that's a great selection right there. At number five, I have the New York Islanders selecting out of Garden, out of the SEL, now SHL, or the Swedish forward, Mike Zabinijad. Uh, he's in the last year of a $5.35 million deal. He starts a new 8.5 million dollar eight eight-year deal next season. I would say he didn't start the greatest because he, he was drafted by Ottawa, sixth overall. I would have moved him up even now with the way he plays. I think he fits really well in New York. Not the Islanders in this case. He would have written great with the Islanders, but he was in the Rangers now. And I would take him in a heartbeat. I just don't think he worked out with Ottawa. I just don't think he shined into the player that Ottawa was hoping for. But the second he got to the Rangers, he just, something clicked. Sometimes players need to change the scenery. And uh, I didn't expect anything massive like he's doing now out of them, but really impressed with his play. You know, he's a dominating force on the ice.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I'm not going to lie, I think that's a little low for me because of Jad, but Uh, I'm just going back to what he's been doing recently when he had his five-goal game. That was absolutely impressive. Him and Artemi Panarin. Yeah, they're a dynamic duo over there in New York. So I think Mika Zibanejad, is just a really impressive player. Maybe the best on the Rangers other than Artemi Panarin. But I think overall, he's just a great player. So that's kind of a surprising pick in my opinion. But nonetheless, (laughs) he's still top five. So uh, Mika Zibanejad, he's just an awesome guy. So I think that's a great choice.
0: Yeah, he moved up from six to five on mine. I'm I'm hearing he's probably going to be higher than five on yours, but I think I'm going to drop a couple names people are kind of surprised for on this list, but uh, with some of the selections you've had so far, I don't think you're going to be super shocked by any of my picks, but we'll see. Who do you have the New Jersey Devils selecting at number four?
1: I have the New Jersey Devils taking Jonathan Huberdeau of now, the Florida Panthers. This guy, one reason that Florida has been thriving this year, he is one of the main reasons that Florida has been thriving this year. They're 12, 2, and 3 currently, and some people are saying that they could be contenders for the Cup. And I'm like, really? Florida? The team that, yeah. well, they did give Tampa a run for their money last year in the first round of the playoffs, really put up an impressive performance against them. And I call them the surprise team, to be honest, because it's like, yeah, the Florida Panthers, they're not even going to make playoffs. Oh, look, they got Sergei Bobrovsky. Oh, he's kind of having an off year but then like I mentioned players like Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov really stepped up Alexander Barkov obviously is injured so Jonathan Huberto he's gonna have to step up even more this season and he's already doing a great job he's got 17 points in 17 games um, and he's tough to defend and tough to play against and so I think him Nolachari and other players like that on the Florida Panthers they potentially could have a deep playoff run this year so Jonathan Huberto I think he would go fourth overall
0: yeah I'm not surprised by the way they're performing this season and I think Huberto going fourth uh, overall is not terrible because like I said he was selected third I had him at what did I have him at eighth? he's an excellent player I mean he's just a dominating defensive force on the ice he's exactly the type of player you'd want to have out there as a goalie These are dream players for me to have in front of me. I mean, to have all the confidence in the world and his skill set and just the way he intelligently handles the puck. I think it's he doesn't make the big, sexy plays, but he makes all the right plays. And that's what's so great about his style and how he plays. And I'm not really personally shocked on how the Panthers are doing. I think that I picked them to go pretty far this season. I'm actually shocked on the Hurricanes. Uh, I. Everyone keeps I mean, I didn't pick them to go far last year and they went pretty far. I didn't have confidence in them this year. They're doing amazing. The Hurricanes are the team that kind of shocks me. I'm I just don't understand the bunch of jerks. I don't get it.
1: Well wow. Well, that really surprises me. I think Rod Brendamore, he's a great coach over there, and players, they want to play for him. So I think that's a big reason why they are so successful. And then they have players, young players like Andrei Svechnikov, lacrosse-style goals for days. And uh, yeah. they have Sebastian Aho, who's just another great player on that team. So, And then they added Freddie Anderson, who's a pretty good goaltender. So definitely, I think they're a great team over there in Carolina. And the, it doesn't surprise me that the jerks are doing as well as they are. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been called out two seasons now on this podcast by my co-host going, you just don't believe in Carolina? I'm like, no, I don't. And Carolina proves me wrong again. But for me, I have the New Jersey Devils selecting at number four out of the U.S. National Development Training Program of the USHL, the American goaltender, John Gibson. John Gibson went to Anaheim 39th overall in the second round. I think he was the biggest stud of a goalie inside this entire draft. He's proven it in and out on really crappy teams because the Ducks have just not fared well. But you look at his numbers, you look at his play, it is not John Gibson. And if I'm anybody out there, if I'm Edmonton, I'm picking one of my really sexy pieces to send to Anaheim, and I'm getting John Gibson. Because if Edmonton has goaltending, nothing against Mike Smith. Yeah, I wasn't terribly impressed with Edmonton's um, goaltending duo this year. They're doing great. I mean – you know, continue to prove me wrong. But having a stud in that like John Gibson, oh man, I think he was definitely just every team passed on him at least once, right? And man, has he proved everyone wrong? He's basically the goaltender to get right now. I think he's just the best goaltender to come out of the 2011 draft class. And I would totally pick him fourth overall. You know, top five for a goalie, yes. I'm going to hear the hate on it. But if I'm the New Jersey Devils, I'd be targeting John Gibson.
1: Maybe a little biased there, as you were a former goaltender yourself. But nonetheless, (laughs) I think he's a player for the Anaheim Ducks, a great goaltender. He was, I remember, top 10 back in 2018, 2019, when they did the best goaltenders of right now. I think he fell at number 10. But like you said, I think he is a player who may get overlooked and he is a key piece to that Anaheim Ducks team over there. And part of the reason that they're doing so well, they do have players like Ryan Getzlov and players like that. But other than that, John Gibson, he is hard to put the puck past and having to play against him, the Colorado Avalanche, having to play against him eight, or eight times, however many times we had faced them last season uh, because they, they were in our same division. I know that he was a reason that the abs could have put way more goals past the ducks for sure, but he definitely kept the ducks in those games and he's kind of like I was talking about with Jordan Bennington. He has the potential to change a game. So I think Jonathan Gibson or Johnson is a great goaltender. So great answer.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think you're right there. I definitely have some bias towards goaltenders and uh, anyone that heard the, me and me and uh sea are going back and forth on saves and, and plays. So, I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to our top play, junior plays of the season so far. Uh, you know, you definitely had some bold players mentioned in there. And I will say that I have to go back and forth with Sebastian. And I'll, I'll start saving clips now. And then I'll send him the video times and stuff for his hockey TV. And he'll check them out. And he'll be like, yeah, it's a really great save. He's like, I understand goaltending. He's like, but you got to check this goal out. And he'll send me a clip. And I'm like yeah that's a pretty great goal but like what makes it special like you know this guy has a breakaway what should i be looking at for like as a goalie i know why specific saves are really hard to pull off and just the incredible athleticism it takes to make specific saves whereas a forward or a defenseman on a breakaway whatever you know the muscle memory and all that it takes to make certain plays like that i'm like okay that and then he'll explain i'm like okay so we've already discussed for any of you listeners next Wednesday, December 8th, we're going to drop the Junior Highlights episode. We're going to be going back and forth debating these. And after me and Sebastian kind of round out my and his like best plays of the month, we're going to be sending those clips to you, Michelle, and then Ben and Steve. And we're going to be asking you all to rank like, hey, these are the 12 clips that really stood out between our scoring guys score these clips individually so we take even our own biases out because i'm of course always going to be biased towards my maybe a favorite team or a goaltender save he might be the same way so putting it through a few more people and being like okay rank these one through 12 what do you think and well i'll compile everyone's score and release that episode on December 8th, so listen out for that next week y'all but yeah bias towards goaltending i absolutely have it but there's no goalies in my top three. Who'd you have uh, Florida selecting at number three?
1: I have Florida selecting the man, the myth, the legend, Mika Zabamajad out of the New, uh, the New York Rangers now. And obviously, I'm kind of looking at where he is now. As you mentioned, it took him a little while to get going in the league, but now, like I was mentioning, he had a five goal game not too long ago I can't remember I think it was two seasons ago maybe it was last season but just absolutely impressive and the numbers that he puts up as well he's had 448 points in 620 games and I just think him and Panarin are absolutely killing it over in New York as I said before I say this with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid too but dynamic duo is the word that I use a lot because it just it's really a hard line to try and prevent uh, them from scoring and it's pretty much a given that they're going to have at least one point either him or Panera in a night. So uh, re- they make it really tough on defense and goaltending to defend them and just prevent them from scoring at all. So I just think Mika Zibanejad knows how to find the back of the net and I think he would do best going third overall.
0: No, I mean I think that's still a great selection. Yeah, I had him at fifth, but I think you would be happy with who I have Florida selecting at third. Uh, You might think he's a little bit high, but you did mention him. So at number three, I have Florida selecting, out of the Dubuque Fighting Saints of the USHL, American forward, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau. He went to Calgary at 104. He was drafted 104th in the fourth round. And he's probably just one of the stud hockey players that came out of this entire draft. I think he went far too low, had to grow into himself or whatever happened there. For me, he's a top three selection. He should have been a Panther.
1: Well, I think that's definitely a great place to have him. I did have him a little bit lower just because uh, I don't know if he's at that caliber, quite like top three for me, just, but I said he's still got a lot of growing to do and potentially he could one day be like a top 10 player. He's just got that potential. He's uh, like I said, he has no trouble finding the back of the net, great goal scorer. And if you look at it, Calgary, yeah, they have like Sean Monahan and Matthew Kachuk, but I'd say the main player for the Calgary flames that will score goals for them is Johnny hockey. So Definitely, I think that Johnny Gaudreau, he potentially could have been picked third overall. And I think that the Florida Panthers would have thrived with him and could have been a key piece to their team. But just overall, like I said, I think Johnny Gaudreau is a great player. So I think that's a good choice.
0: Yeah, I I think he's I think he's awesome. All right. At number two, and all of Pueblo is listening here. Colorado, who do they select?
1: I have the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, captain, my captain, Gabriel Landeskog. Sticking with Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, I think he is terrific. It may be a little biased, but to be honest, I'm trying to leave my bias at the door completely. So trying to be as unbiased as possible. I still think Gabriel Landeskog would be a perfect landing spot in Colorado. And number two overall would be great for him. He's a terrific captain for the Avs. He was the youngest captain ever in the NHL until Connor McDavid stole that title from him. But in the last seven games this season, he has had four goals and six assists for 10 points. And he is just on a roll this season. Uh, he's got a plus-seven rating. He was a Calder Trophy winner back in the 2011-2012 season. That's actually the season that I got into hockey. So it was just awesome to see that. And he's played 698 NHL games, has a total of 526 points. And he has been a huge help to the Colorado Avalanche this year, especially with the absence of Nathan McKinnon. That's really been devastating to the top, uh, actually, yeah, it's been pretty devastating to the top line, not having Nathan McKinnon, but Gabriel Landeskog has really stepped up, as is Miko Rantanen playing that center position, which is really surprising, but uh, Gabriel Landeskog, I think this is really... a testament to him as a player because a lot of people can say oh yeah the reason uh Gabriel Aneskog scores so many goals is because Nathan McKinnon makes the plays and it's like well yes Nathan McKinnon is a terrific playmaker and really helps his team out whoever his line mates are but this is really a testament to Gabriel Aneskog as a goal scorer and something else about him he's just got a great net front presence and that's something that People will talk about he practices long after practice. He'll stay long after practice and just practice deflections into the net. And that's why he's just so great at it. And as I mentioned, his net front presence impairs the goaltender's view, cleans up on the doorstep occasionally. So I think Gabriel Landeskog is an awesome captain and just the big player that you want on your team.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. So I'm going to say... And number two, Colorado Selects out of the OHL Kitchener Rangers, Swedish forward Gabriel Landis Kog. I think he's a perfect Ooh. fit for Colorado. I think, I mean, they, they landed the player they wanted, and I think this was really good for Colorado. And yes, he was the youngest captain at the time. Yeah, I mean, he's captain consistency. I mean, <laughs> what else do you want to say about him? I mean, he's he was a perfect fit for Colorado, and I can't imagine him right now in any other uh, any other jersey. So we're going to move on to number one. Who does Edmonton select since it's not Nugent Hopkins?
1: Well, this person was taken 58th overall uh, originally, and I'm taking Nikita Uh, (laughs) Kutarov. I'm just going to say for our listeners,
0: I'm with you. Talk about
1: (laughs) him. Yeah, so I don't know how this was a miss, to be honest, but um, I think it's just so incredible that Nikita Kutarov was taken that low. And we look at what he does now. He may be injured quite a bit as of right now he's out for eight to ten weeks after having surgery but when he is active and when he is playing with the Tampa Bay Lightning it's pretty much a given that he's gonna put some goals up against you and just be an absolute dominant player and we saw that in the postseason last year he misses the entire regular season comes in first game first series against the Florida Panthers scores two goals and uh, if I'm not mistaken he had the most points throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. And I think he could have been a contender for the Conn Smythe trophy. We know Andrei Vasilevsky was absolutely standing on his head throughout the playoffs, though. So Andrei Vasilevsky walked away with that piece of hardware, well-deserved. But I think Nikita Kucherov, like I said, could have been up there as well. 551 points in 518 career games. Just absolutely incredible. Three games, only three games that he's played this season. He's had four points. And as I said, when it comes to playoffs, you need a player like Nikita Kucherov who will score goals for you and just make some incredible plays.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. And when I heard you select Gabriel Landis number two, I'm like, if she doesn't have Kucherov at number one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I, I'm with you. What a steal by Tampa Bay. I mean, he came out of CSK Moscow, out of the KHL. He's getting paid nine and a half million now for the next six years. I'm sorry, Edmonton. Can you not imagine Kuch in an Oilers uniform right now? How dangerous would, would the Oilers be with guys like Gibson and Kucherov on that team? That would just be an unfair team to face against. And, uh, yeah, I'm 100% behind everything you said right there. I mean, he's just – what an oversight by every team in the National Hockey League until Tampa Bay picked him up at fifty eight. <laughs> but you never know. I mean, look, Lundqvist was seventh round draft a seventh-round draft pick as Henrik Lundqvist, the king. Every team passed on him time and time again. And he was a seventh round draft pick. He, you just never know sometimes who's going to develop. And sometimes that's why you got to trust your scouts. You know, they watch them in and out, they know what they're looking for. And uh, man, Kucherov, to know that my team, your team, all of our teams passed up on him. Unless you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, then you're pretty excited. Uh, your team was smart enough to pick him up at 58th. I was kind of interested with, like, at the end of this, where I'd place players that were originally drafted top 10. Cause I picked six out of the 10 players that were drafted top 10. I kept in the top 10. I was actually kind of surprised by that. So this is an amazing draft class. So for me, Sean Couturier, I know you had him still going to Philadelphia, correct?
1: Oh, uh, yes, I did. Had him staying at that number eight spot. Yeah. I would
0: have, I would have said 11th. I think uh, he could have been very good in an avalanche uniform there. Um, and I'm sure avalanche fans would not have hated that. Uh, I think, he just fell out of the top 10 for me with the talent this class, but uh, not by far. He fell only a few spots. And you know what? Philly still made a hell of a pick. I don't think they'd won it any other way. Number 12, I went with Doogie Hamilton. Same thing. Ninth overall, he went to Boston. I think more towards 12th. He should have gone to Carolina. Carolina still got him for a few years, so it still worked out for them. But now he's a devil. I just think for me, he just kind of fell out of the top 10. Uh, Jonas Brodin. You know, I think he would have fallen to 13th, and you know, should have gone to Calgary. Again, I mean, he's just really solid player, and didn't fall far from the top 10 for me. Now, Jamie Alexiak, I would have placed at 14th, and he went 14th. I think uh, the Dallas Stars made an excellent selection with him, and now he's part of Seattle. And then you mentioned Brandon Sod at the beginning of this. I have him 15th. He went 43rd overall to Chicago. I think he would have looked good in Rangers blue. I'm glad he's not there, but I think he would have looked good in Rangers blue. And uh, I think he would have been an excellent fit for the Rangers um, on the wing for sure. Now, as for guys like Adam Larson and Ryan Strom, I think fourth and fifth were a little bit high for him. I think we can all agree to that now. uh, Maybe maybe disagree. Let us know. But uh, I think fourth and fifth for those two, maybe a swing and a miss but they're not bad picks by any means they're super talented players i think they still would have both gone in the first round i just think they would have gone later in the first round maybe even slid to the second round but i really even can't see these players fall into the second round i think they would have just been late first round picks so i actually considered every one of the top 10 players and where they fit and their statistics and how they performed and yeah i think and it's kind of why i went with um Bennington at number 10 instead of number nine because i I guess in my opinion, I think he was still probably a better overall selection than uh, William Carlson. But considering what Boston had at the time, what Minnesota was going to have at the time, how Boston picks, I just felt William Carlson fit better off at ninth and, uh, and Bennington fit at 10th. I just, I can't see Boston drafting uh, goalies like that with, with the guys they had in that at the time. And again, I know that Minnesota had Nicholas Backstrom, but there wasn't a lot behind him after that, and I think that's where they kind of failed. But do you have any uh, tidbits on your on your final five there, or your eleven through fifteen? Just.
1: Slightly different than yours, I would say, because some of these, I really went back and forth on players. And some of the ones that were taken in the top 10th, like I got to say, Adam Larson, uh, even at one point, Jonas Brodeen and Ryan Strome. I didn't have them even going in the next five. But at number 11, I would have Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I feel that would be a better fit for him. I know he went Mm -hmm. first overall in this round, so that's kind of crazy to say. But I just feel with him being up there in Edmonton, we really see what McDavid and Dryside will do, and that's where he plays on that top line with them. So, of course, he's going to have a great plus-minus rating. Of course, he's going to have one or two points a night. And just because McDavid and Dryside will know how to score, they know how to get the puck to you so you can score. As I mentioned, your job is just to not screw it up, essentially. So, I think <laughs> Ryan Newton you know, would fit better at number 11. Number 12, Thinking defensively, as you mentioned, I have Jamie Alexiak of used to be the Dallas Stars, but was taken by Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. I really kind of saw that coming. them uh, Dallas stars leaving Alexiak uh, unprotected. And I had a feeling that's who the Kraken would pick up just because he is a great defensive player. Avalanche met the Dallas Stars 2019-2020 playoffs that second round, and I know he was a key piece of that. Him and Miro Haskinen are great players on the back end for the Dallas, or were great players together on the back end for the Dallas Stars. So Jamie Alexiak, I think you got to have a great defenseman on your team, and I think he did a pretty good job defending. So I would have him at number 12. Number 13, I kind of went back and forth between players because looking at where they are now, It could either go Blake Coleman. I also considered maybe having J.G. Pajot, Jean-Gabriel Pajot up there, or Andre Palat. Those were the three I kind of – I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know. Would I have one of those at 13? Just because I guess it's kind of hard when Tampa Bay is absolutely stacked and there are so many stars on that team. But I think Blake Coleman really does a good job, holds his own on that team. And uh, not always the biggest point producer. He's only had 132 career points in 316 career games that he's played. So, yeah, Blake Coleman, he is a good player. And then you look at Andre Palat. He also produces points himself playing on that Tampa Bay team. Both have two Stanley Cups under their belts. So, really impressive players. But Jean-Gabriel Pajot on the island over there. I really enjoy watching J.G. He play uh I just think that whole New York Islanders team, they really work well together as a unit. And so I think him, Barzell, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, I think they're all terrific players and they may not be the greatest, but they are all good together and they can play as a team. And that's why we see them really give Tampa Bay trouble in the postseason last year. And they're definite contenders this year for the Stanley cup, I feel so. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't Yeah, I don't know who I would have in those next three slots, but I think that those players for sure would definitely be in the running for either 13, 14, 15. Not sure where they would fall in that category. I'd probably say Blake Coleman, 13, maybe Andre Palat, 14, and then John Gabriel Paggio at 15. But I also kind of went back and forth between like Jean Gabriel Pajot and then JT Miller of the Vancouver Connects because I think he's a important piece to the Vancouver Connects. So really, I struggled coming up with the next five.
0: That, well, that's the exciting part of these challenges is you sit there and I made my initial list and I made my secondary list and I scrubbed it all. I'm like, no, I don't like that at all. I'm going to change it again. And I think the fun struggle of, of podcasts like this one is we get to sit there and and debate, and you're like, okay, well, if I put this here, what some might say. And uh, no, that's that's the fun challenge of a podcast like this. And I'm excited to revisit the future NHL draft classes and podcasts to come. But uh, the 2011 draft class was really impressive. But you listeners are probably getting a little bit tired of listening to us talk. Definitely feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Do you think Michelle and I are crazy? Do you think someone else should have been number one? Can you believe she took Nugent Hopkins out of the top ten? Can you believe I have two goalies in the top ten? Because I'm going to get the bias card there, I think. <laughs> but uh, we, we definitely want to hear what you guys think. We appreciate all your listeners. And we want to thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHHOfficial to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games hockey news we should cover in a future podcast and remember if you have a play or i don't care if it's a, like i said your kid's team or you coach a team or you're on the team submit us your junior hockey plays of the month for november for consideration so that we can discuss them on next week's episode december 8th and get to hear the top plays of the month we've seen so far in junior hockey we can't watch all the games so unless you're helping us out here You're probably not going to see your play mentioned. But this was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Michelle.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening and love hockey. Great hockey talk.
0: (laughs) Heck yeah. And remember, fans, always clear your crease.